Hello everybody, I am your host Lahakwe and this is Conversations with Yourself where you are others and others are you. Greetings, salutations. <laughs> hello, hello everybody. I hope that you've all been well. If you are hearing me for the very first time, I hope you like it here. And if you are returning, welcome, welcome back. I am so very proud of us for the space that we've been able to cultivate, you and I. I have a bit of a disclaimer. If you hear scratching sounds or occasionally some unpleasant sounds, I do apologize for that. I've been really trying to improve my sound. I promise it will get better. So today we are talking about shame we are talking about shame and i've been in fact this isn't a conversation that i plan to have today's conversation is really from my heart i know i say that about each and every episode which trust and believe that i mean what i say and i say what i mean but this one more than all the others this one genuinely comes from my heart because there's this book i've been reading and i came across this passage and i was like listen I need to share this with my fellow conversationalists because it really changed my perspective about shame and it not really plainly because it's something that I had to extract myself but it really gave me a paradigm of shame and a perspective of shame that allows me to deal with it better and allows me to not feel offended when I feel misunderstood or misrepresented by the people around me, the people I engage with, the people I so deeply wish to be well presented by and understood by. Today's confession of mine is that I feel a bit anxious actually because I have no notes, I have no nothing. All I have is the expert that I want to read and the story that I want to tell and a perspective, a paradigm that I want to share. Okay, this is totally unstructured. I don't want this to be an editing disaster. I never edit my episodes because there's never much to edit. And I am just hoping that this will be one of those where I can just talk for as long as however and I just flow and you flow and we just flow together. I really hope and pray. In fact, I pray that this will be a synergistic conversation i hope that you will hear me as clearly as i intend to be heard i pray that i will be understood as clearly as i intend to be understood and i hope that i am felt as deeply as i would like to be felt so i'm going to preface this by telling you a story or jewish philosophy's perspective of the story of creation and i'm not saying the jewish perspective of the story of creation i'm saying jewish philosophy because this story is very philosophical in nature there's something about this book that really fulfills the part of me that seeks knowledge specifically knowledge that is philosophical in nature it does something for me and to me that religious books can't do you know and 
at least I don't feel guilt reading this book or I don't feel even a sense of shame because when I read other non-Christian books like um, books about Taoism, books about um, Buddhism, New Age books, I feel a bit guilty for relating with some of the contents of the book because I'm like, I am Christian, okay? So with this, I don't feel too bad about relating because I'm like, listen, I'm a Christian, the rabbi that wrote this is a Jew, he doesn't believe in Jesus probably, but we are praying to the same God, we are praying to the same Jehovah. That can't be too bad, can it? That can't be too bad. <laughs> that cannot be too bad, okay? So, yeah, this book is very exciting. It's very exciting to say the least, the absolute least. Um, the name of the book is The Journey to Your Ultimate Self by Rabbi Shmuel Rechman. Um, yeah, it's a book about Jewish philosophy. I don't know if it can be downloaded. I have the physical book. But yeah, if there's anything that you should take from me, it's that you should definitely read this book. Okay, it's so eye-opening. It's so perspective-changing. It gives you so much context to life. Life as a spiritual being life as a follower of christ although they don't talk about christ because they don't believe that the christ has come yet it just gives me so much context to this walk of of, of life you know it gives so much context to the stories of the saints and the bible it gives so much context to the story of adam and eve and their journey and 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 abraham specifically you know the it's it's like when we read the Bible, we, we read the story and everything seems plain, but there's a deeper revelation to everything that you really have to encounter the Holy Spirit to understand and to comprehend. This right here is plain and simple. It gives so many explanations that aren't spiritual in nature, they are philosophical in nature. And that's why I say that it's such an interesting read. It really fulfills the part of me that seeks philosophical knowledge so yes i'm going to preface this with the jewish philosophy perspective of the story of creation then i'm going to read the expert that i interpret as one about shame and i hope that this gives you some value i hope that there's a measure of value that you can derive from this so yeah According to Jewish philosophy, the story of, well, we all know the story of creation as Christians. We all know that God created the earth and then God created Adam. Well, not even God created the earth. God fixed the earth. Okay, God fixed the earth because the earth was a whole mess. So he said, okay, let me fix it. In other words, let me recreate it. And this time let us create man and God created Adam from dust and then God created Eve from Adam's rib and the serpent visited Eve and Eve and Adam had a bite of the apple and boom they're naked and God is like oh why all naked and 
yeah god was basically like what what is up what's popping why y'all acting weird why are you acting different what is going on and they started blaming each other and they were cast out of eden unfortunately so jewish philosophy's perspective of that is very interesting in fact so according to jewish philosophy um adam was clothed in light right so i'm going to explain it i'm i'm going to tell the story while explaining it right um simultaneously so when we think of god some of us myself included i think of god as this strong man somewhere up there on a the throne with a beard just sitting and just watching over us you know but also i think of god as light not a flame not a fire i just think of god as this light a formless light like this light is not a round light it's not it has no shape it's just a f- it's not even a ray of light it's not a flicker of light i don't know how to explain it hence i'm saying formless it's this formless endless unapproachable light that's that's what i think about the sun think about the light that, that the sun provides you can't see where the light ends and where the light begins right we see shadows but that shadow isn't a demarcation of the ending or the beginning of light that shadow is just a demarcation of an object that is blocking light from setting on an object that is below that object for example a tree a tree doesn't indicate where the sun starts shining and where the sun stops shining a tree is just an object that casts a shadow on whatever is beneath it so if you are beneath the tree or if you are under the tree it will cast a shadow on you if there's concrete under there it will cast a shadow on the concrete if there's grass it will cast a shadow on the grass right so that's how i see god when i'm really being deep and spiritual and yeah when i'm just not trying to diminish him into what i think he is when i'm not trying to fit him into the constructs of what i think a magnificent a mighty a powerful entity is or looks like yeah i called god an entity and i feel terrible for that but he knows what i'm saying and you know what i'm saying that's what's important right so if god is light and we were created in god's image then surely we are light you're probably thinking am i light why have i never thought of myself as light i'm about to explain so before adam sinned he was clothed in clothed in a garment excuse me in a garment of light right after he sinned God clothed him with a garment of 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 skin, right? So Adam was walking about. Of course this wasn't a physical. Of course Adam had a body. Remember, keep in mind that this is a philosophical perspective. So Adam wasn't just the flicker of light walking. Adam had an actual body. He had actual lungs. He had a mouth. He had teeth. He had a tongue. He had eyes. Adam was a human being, okay? this is purely philosophy right so adam was 
light adam was an embodiment not fully because we can never fully embody god but adam was the the most adam was the highest embodiment of the light of his creator the highest embodiment possible so if god created us and he is light it means that we are also light right so adam was this light in this garden of eden and when adam sinned god clothed him in skin so it's this idea that skin is flesh and when we think about flesh in today's culture especially flesh can your flesh can be your god your your flesh can be your idol your flesh can completely rule your flesh is, is a representation of your desires and your desires can rule your life your desires can dictate your life your flesh is your lowly form right your flesh is your inf- is is your inferior form so what this story is basically describing is how adam was in his superior form which was this garment of light which was this light and he sinned and he fell from this embodiment of light to this embodiment of flesh right so if adam was 100% light after sinning he was diminished to 10% of light and 80 and, and 90% of flesh right that's what it's it's basically saying and this flesh or the skin hid his light think about this think about how the room lights up when you walk into a dark room with a candle the room is completely dark okay all you have to do is to walk in with the candle walk in with the torch and this light whether it's a small flicker of light whether it's a small ray of light that light will swallow the darkness and you will be able to see so that's basically what jewish philosophy that's that's jewish philosophy's perspective of that adam was this light and this flesh that he was then clothed with after he sinned this flesh swallowed his light this flesh swallowed his light and this flesh hid his light and now when we see adam we no longer see him as this full embodiment of god we now see him as this flesh that has resulted from his sin right so think about it in terms of body which would then be a flesh and in terms of spirit or let me use the word soul soul right so you know that you are not your body you are a soul that has a body so your body is what houses you when we say lahakwe we are not talking about a body we are talking about a soul and the soul is the real me and my body is the house my body is the dwelling place of my soul so i am a soul and i have a body so let's imagine the form that my soul would exist in let's imagine that this form is light right if 
my soul is my highest self if my soul is my truest self right that would make my body my lowest self right if you were to judge me outwardly that would be a misjudgment because i am not what you see on the outside i am what exists on the inside right which is my soul like i'm saying so sin i'm trying to find a way to put this my soul is who i am and my body is my my container right so imagine if i were to not be seen as who i am and i were to be seen solely as this container that houses me that's the concept of the story of creation in terms of jewish philosophy right so in other words my body is a barrier the barrier between you by body i don't mean physical body also yes i do but i also mean my outer appearance right my body is a barrier my body is a barrier because when you are standing right in front of me you cannot see my soul you cannot see who i truly am all you see is my appearance all you see is my body all you see is my flesh so that is what the falling down of man was we were not meant to struggle with being misunderstood and being misrepresented that to a certain extent is a result of sin right i i hope that makes sense right so i'm about to read an excerpt okay that we'll talk about after i've read it it says the spiritual purpose of clothing remember we're talking about shame before i continue this text um this excerpt uses the word embarrassment quite a lot so i want to differentiate between embarrassment and shame embarrassment is i made a mistake and shame is i am the mistake that i made so embarrassment attacks the behavior and shame attacks your identity as a result of this behavior so once again embarrassment says i did a terrible thing and shame says i am this terrible thing that i did so once again shame attacks your identity shame seeps into your self concept and your self image and it begins to inform your identity versus embarrassment which just attacks your behavior and your behavior isn't always a representation of who you are because people change i don't know what you believe but i believe that people change so you cannot be judged based on you can be judged by based on what you did yesterday because that's how the human brain works that's how the human brain works we make judgments we understand things we comprehend the world around us by making sense or analyzing patterns by recording patterns right so yesterday is too close to not be considered in that pattern okay but people can definitely change and your behavior doesn't always inform your identity so this is what it says 
The spiritual purpose of clothing. Before Adam sinned, he required no clothing. His physical body radiated light, loyally expressing his angelic soul. Once Adam sinned, however, his physical body lost the spiritual level, no longer fully expressing the light of his inner soul. The Pasuk describes how Adam and Eve suddenly realized their nakedness and became embarrassed, desiring to cover their bodies with clothing. What is the meaning behind their embarrassment and why was clothing the ideal remedy? Listen very carefully. One becomes embarrassed when the way they are perceived externally is not a true reflection of who they are, or at least how they believe they should be perceived. This is the spiritual concept of shame. Okay, let's go back. What is the spiritual concept of shame? The spiritual concept of shame is the idea. I'm not reading. I'm not reading anymore. Okay, this is me going back to 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 make to help you make a mental note. In fact, to help us make a mental note of what I've just said. It says this is the spiritual concept of shame. I'm going back to read it. Okay. One becomes embarrassed when the way they are perceived. In other words, one becomes ashamed when the way they are perceived externally is not a true reflection of who they are, or at least how they believe they should be perceived. This is the spiritual concept of shame. When there is a breakdown between the inner self and its outer expression, the inner self feels ashamed that it is being misrepresented seen on the outside as something that it is not for example if someone tells everyone that you cheated on a test when you did not you would feel embarrassed as you are as you are being seen as something other than you really are and even if you did cheat you would still be embarrassed because you know deep down inside that you are better than how you acted and how people now perceive you Listen carefully once again. We wear clothes because our bodies in this current lowly form are a source of embarrassment. We are souls, holy, angelic beings, and yet we appear in the world as physical beings with bodies only marginally different from animals. For those who understand who and what they truly are, it is embarrassing to be seen as anything less than an absolutely spiritual and transcendent being. This is the ultimate breakdown between the inner and the outer self. The natural response to shame is the desire to hide. Okay, I'm done reading. So, this is what is being said about shame. What is being said about shame is that we feel ashamed when we aren't seen as we truly are we experience shame when we aren't seen as we truly are it is a human need is it is a human desire in fact to be seen to be seen as we truly are and when we aren't seen as we truly are and we are being and when we are being misperceived we feel shame we feel shame and from if not not a spiritual from a spiritual aspect right if you know that's why it says that for those who understand and who 
for those who understand who and what they truly are that statement speaks to those of us who understand that we are souls right who understands who understand that we are spirits having a human experience right our spirituality comes before our humanity because spirits are eternal spirits don't die if this world can wash away if this earth can wash away i guess what and you will still be alive will we'll still be but my body is not immortal if you kill me now i will die well if you kill my body it will die but i once you're born you're born unfortunately once you are born and and this is me diverting a bit but as i understand i don't want to say understand things of the spirit because that sounds oh but as i as i learn more about spirituality and i learn more or not even learn as i comprehend and fully understand that once you're born you're born and that your spirit i don't know which one it is whether your spirit or a soul but you are something significantly higher than this body right so when people are suicidal it doesn't mean they want to die when people are suicidal it doesn't mean that they were or at least that's what they mean but from my perspective with the knowledge or with the knowledge of the truth that once you're born you're born forever there is no death suicide or people that attempt suicide are merely trying to escape a circumstance are merely trying to escape probably an internal reality that they are trapped in right so if if it is shame that is consuming you if it is shame that is causing you to be suicidal the answer is not death the answer is to deal with shame so that you can be set free right because killing yourself won't distance shame from you even if you are dead even if your soul is out of your body your soul will still carry shame right your soul will still carry shame shame doesn't rest in your body shame rests in your soul there are various emotions that are linked to our nervous systems and all of that but still life is so deeply spiritual that whatever your body experiences seeps into your soul right so I realize that people aren't trying to die. People are merely trying to escape a reality that they feel trapped in and by. And if they can transcend if they can transcend this false narrative that you become translated into another reality when you kill yourself there would be less suicide and more understanding there would be more people trying to fight because then they understand that this fight is not against my soul right this fight is not against my soul this fight is against a reality that is trapping my soul a, a reality that is holding my soul hostage so i'm not to fight my body or my soul i am to fight this reality to do that 
you need a lot of understanding understanding that we don't always have because we're young who's gonna teach us all these things our parents don't speak about these things mental health institutions don't speak about these things because as much as it's meant to be an institution that aids individuals it's also a capitalistic institution it's like a hospital do you think a hospital wants to cure you no a hospital wants to give you remedies for your symptoms so you keep coming back and i'm not saying these mental health institutions deliberately don't help you so you can keep coming back but i'm saying there is something to be said about institutions that claim to aid people but also profit from them okay capitalism picks aside capitalism picks you cannot aid somebody and profit from them at the same time okay one will be higher up in the in in the hierarchy than the other and more often than not profit is prioritized over aid and help not me diverting from the whole conversation from the whole conversation child but what i'm essentially saying i was talking about suicide i don't know how i got there i was talking about shame so let's go back to shame let us go back to shame okay i was saying that we all have this human need to be seen and not only to be seen but to be seen as we truly are right and when we aren't seen as we truly are that brings about shame and so how do we go about dealing with this shame how do we go about coming to terms with and accepting this shame not in an attitude of defeat but with an attitude that shows that we understand that it is indeed a part of the human experience and that it is something to be conquered over and over and over and over again it's like tiredness right you know that you will get tired you know that exhaustion is something that you will experience you've never prayed to god that oh lord let me never feel exhausted ever 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 again no you understand the cycle of rest and exhaustion and rest and exhaustion i'm not talking about depression because that's a whole different thing you can sleep for 40 days and 40 nights and you can still feel tired i'm not talking about that kind of restlessness i'm talking about you knowing that you were up for the 20 for 24 hours and now you need another 24 hours to fully reboot so you can be functional right it's that acceptance of shame understanding that each time you are misrepresented you will feel shame each time you are misunderstood you will feel feel shame and now instead of the shame seeping into your self-concept and and informing your identity we can choose how we experience the shame we can choose how we experience the shame which brings about I guess our question of the day how do we deal with shame before even how do we deal not e- not even how do we deal with shame how do we respond to shame i will tell you how i respond to shame i don't respond well to shame i don't respond well to shame at all okay let me tell you let me let me answer this question actually truthfully i was about to give a very 
Psh, answer, but I'm thinking you, you actually deserve my, my heart on this, okay? I, Lahagwe, recognize that I am a spiritual being. I'm a spiritual being have a, having a human experience and not... Yeah, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And yes, I expect grace. I expect grace in the same way that you expect grace. And listen, being human... Yes, we are spiritual beings, but that does not negate our humanness. Uh, God made us human for a reason. Our humanness is important. So the spiritual experience doesn't in any way negate your humanness. In fact, your humanness is a part of your spiritual experience. Right? Let's go back to what I was saying. How do I respond to shame? I was saying I don't respond very well to shame. Right? Let's go back and describe shame. Shame is the embarrassment that you feel when you are being misrepresented, misperceived, misunderstood. Right. When I feel shame, I hide. I read that the natural response to shame is the desire to hide. My natural response to shame is not only a desire to hide it's the actual act of hiding i hide by the form of distancing myself from the person who misunderstood me by cutting ties with the person that misunderstood me and this is this is trauma based for sure this is trauma based for sure i don't know what it is about me that cannot tolerate being misunderstood I, I i don't know i have a low tolerance for being misunderstood right and i think that that's the reason why i am i don't want to say not open to people because i generally am open to people but when I get a response that I wasn't expecting or a response that I was that that isn't pleasant I immediately close off I immediately close off like someone asks me a question and I give them a response and they don't respond in the way that I hope that they would I literally say to myself the next time you ask me a question I will never respond with the fullness of who I am I literally say that and that is a response to shame that is a response to this person having misunderstood me or this person not having understood me in the way that I felt that I deserved to be understood or even interacted with and so this person does not deserve this level of my interaction anymore so I will take that privilege away from them and I don't do that to harm that person I do it to preserve myself and to protect myself right and i think the people who know me if if you know me personally and you're listening to this i believe that you will be able to testify of this because this is a habit that i've been very very conscious of i've been very conscious of and every time 
this happens i always catch myself in the act each and every time and i still act that way but the difference is that i now act that way with the consciousness of what i'm doing and i always tell myself like the next time you experience this you will respond differently and i try to respond differently but that's how crippling shame is that's how crippling shame is right children are back from school so you're gonna hear a lot of screaming and shouting and playing and whatever else they're doing and yeah i closed the windows that i done did everything and it's they're still making a noise so we're just gonna have to get through it okay so for example Let me give you a real example. It's a real example without context because I can't I can't think of the context right now. I'm the kind of person that communicates, right? Everybody that knows me knows that Lahakwe is a communicator. And if I'm in a relationship with you, not necessarily romantic, if you're my friend and you exhibit behavior that makes me feel uncomfortable and that or that makes me see that makes me feel um disrespected i will express that to you i will say listen when you do this and this i will give you files in fact i'll say remember that day you did this and this i let it slide and the other day you did this and that and recently again you did this and that and i've been trying to ignore it but i cannot anymore your consistency in doing this thing has proven to me that it is actually a problem for me so can you change this behavior can you change this behavior you know and if they don't i stop communicating i stop communicating and i just simply don't engage with the person anymore. yes we could still be friends but i will just not engage with you in the depth or with the depth that i used to because in my head i'm like okay there is no respect here and there is no regard for my feelings and there is no regard for the things that i value i am therefore being misunderstood so why should i consistently put myself in places and environments where i'm being consistently misunderstood which then brings about this experience of shame right and although it brings back this experience of shame how do i know that this shame isn't seeping into my identity because i don't change because i don't change because i don't make an effort to make myself or diminish myself to be more palatable or to be quote-unquote understandable I don't know if that makes sense when i feel misunderstood i never think okay how can i change myself to make this person understand me that's not what i think at all in fact my approach is very defensive in fact what i think is how can i engage with this person in a way that does not bring about in fact how can i hold back this part of me that makes me feel misunderstood in this particular setting so it goes back to this idea of hiding i don't think of changing myself i just think of holding back this part of me that makes me feel understood 
I hold back this part of me that makes me feel understood. So you don't get to interact with this part of me that you misunderstand. I withhold it from you. I withhold it from you and not even maliciously. I don't even think that the person on the other end of this experience even notices that I withhold it from them. Because if you valued this part of me, you would make an effort to understand it. You would make an effort to understand it, especially after my efforts of trying to communicate with you. Right? So that is how the desire to hide shows up. You withhold your true self from the people that you engage with. Right? You excuse when you walk into the room or when you are in rooms with these people or environments with these people you excuse parts of yourself that you anticipate will be misrepresented misperceived misunderstood right let me give you another example i'm an introvert i am an introvert and not Facebook binging. Is it binging or dinging? It's a bing. It's a bing. Okay. Yes, it's a bing. <laughs> Not Facebook binging. Um, what was I saying? I was saying that another example of how shame shows up in my per in in my personality. Yeah, it is my personality, which I don't know if I can really say that's me, but that's that's the way I express myself, right? So I'm an introvert. If you haven't noticed that by now, then I don't know. I, I am very much an introvert. So when I am in social settings, I take on the role of the observer. I am incapable of engaging with noise noise makes me anxious noise makes me uncomfortable noise makes me unstable and imbalanced and i prefer to be i prefer balance i prefer sanity i prefer to be in a state of equanimity and i will avoid everything that makes me not feel that or anything that disturbs that right so when i am in social settings i come across as standoffish because i'm the girl that doesn't speak unless she's spoken to and i'm the girl that can have a conversation with you but only if it's at a certain depth it's and it's not that i can't i don't want to small talk i'm physically incapable of small talking like yes i can make a comment about this guy and make a comment about you know compliment you tell you oh my god you look great this and that after two seconds there's nothing else i can say right and the way in which i hide this the way in which i hide this is by overly engaging in small talk or at least pushing myself to engage in small talk that i know makes me feel uncomfortable and unfulfilled right so in a setting where i would just be quiet and just observe other people speak and engage with 
one another because i recognize that this social setting isn't for me like it's it's going to drain me and i'm not in the mood to be drained so i'd rather just observe right i feel i know that people perceive me as standoffish and people probably perceive me as mean so my inner dialogue is okay these people probably think i'm mean because i'm not saying much and they seem to be very excited to be around one another so clearly i'm the issue here so let me try to engage with them so i'm feeling ashamed because of the way they are misunderstanding my my introvertedness and the shame that i'm feeling makes me want to hide how do i hide i hide my desire of wanting to sit and be an observer in the social setting by forcing myself to engage with them that is how i hide right and and i i I hope you really understand what i mean by hide because it doesn't sound like hide because i'm forcing myself to engage but we're talking about desire and true self my true self is introverted my true self can spend four hours having a conversation like this my true self can only spend two minutes talking about the sky and the sun and that is just who i am and so if i have to force myself to do something that i don't want to do and to do something that makes me feel anxious and uncomfortable that is me hiding my authentic self because of shame because i don't want either because i don't want to be misunderstood or because i am already being misunderstood and i'm trying to fix that i am trying to either fix or change this perception that these people have of me and i'm using very i'm using everyday examples to kind of make this more simple but it goes so much deeper than that it goes so much deeper than that it's the reason why you allow other people to see you more than others do right let's talk about my writing let's talk about my form of expression which is writing let's talk about people who also maybe do music people who write songs or people who produce music or people who make art in whatever form it is right let me divert away from myself actually so you are someone that is really good at drawing you are amazing and there's this person that you've known for five years and one day they come to your house and they come to your room and they see all your art your 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 painting equipment so they see your acrylic paints they see your water paints they see your different paint brushes they see your canvas they see all this equipment and they're like hey i didn't know you could paint shoo firstly that person feels betrayed because i spent five years with you and you couldn't reveal this aspect of yourself to me that's definitely how that person is feeling and you on the other end there's a reason why you didn't reveal that aspect of the person either because you didn't think the person would be interested in your expression of art 
or you think they would reject your expression of art right it's the way people feel about soundcloud rappers if you are someone that's always trashing soundcloud rappers and you're always making fun of soundcloud rappers why should your friend tell you that they have music on soundcloud they're not because they know the they know how how you will perceive them because of that so there are certain perceptions that we have of certain things that the people in our lives genuinely enjoy and we will never know that they enjoy those things because they don't want to be judged they don't want to be misunderstood and that is a barrier to intimacy that is the reason why as humanity we don't see one another we can never not even we we can never because i believe it is possible with work you know but we're so preoccupied as a society we're so busy trying to survive that we never take a moment to see the people in our lives we never take a moment to even allow ourselves to be seen because that's the thing right you have to be the seer but you also have to allow yourself to be seen which is something that i also struggle with if you've been listening and if you've been following along you understand the correlation between shame and the desire to hide and how that actually plays out i mentioned i think two scenarios but if you truly understand you'll be able to notice all the all the ways in which this plays out in your life as well right your role as a human being is to be a seer but your role is also to allow yourself to be seen your role in society your role as a human being your role as one who is deeply indulged in the human experience is to be the understander your role is to go out of your way to understand people that you come across people that you engage with people that you love but it is also your role to allow yourself to be understood we experience shame as a collective it would only make sense for us to conquer shame as a collective and this means that we all have a role to play in this conquering and in this overcoming of the shame that we all experience it goes back to the knowledge that we are one right despite all the separation that we may feel we are one hence the saying you are others and others are you right whatever others experience you experience as well you might not be conscious of that because that experience might not manifest in the same way let's put it in context we all experience shame right your reaction to shame might not look like my reaction to 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 shame and that is the reason why when we analyze both of our reactions it would be hard to come to the conclusion that the core experiences shame right so that the color of your shame and the dimension of your shame and the shade of your shame the hue of your shame does not matter what matters is that it is shame and it must be conquered so we all have a role to play and that role is to be 
the understander and to allow yourself to be understood your role is to be the seer and to allow yourself to be seen and i use the word allow because there is something to be said about the dynamic between giving and receiving and the dynamic between taking and receiving in fact when someone gives you something you either take it or you receive it to take insinuates that you are expectant it insinuates that you are in some way entitled to whatever it is that you are being given however to receive is to accept from a place of humility it is to accept with gratitude it is, it is to accept with with honor right honoring this con- this 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 consideration this compassion this empathy that this person is expressing to you right so once again our roles your role is to be the understander your role is also to allow yourself to be understood your role is to be the seer but your role is also to allow yourself to be seen and if you feel that doing these two things simultaneously is too much to ask if you have to choose one role choose the former right choose to understand and choose to see as opposed not as opposed but choose to understand and choose to see right and i say this because if each and every one of us as individuals made a decision to approach life that way if i if myself and you and the next person and the third person and the fourth person all woke up with the intention of being understanding today and being the one that sees being the one that observes by virtue of that dynamic we would all feel heard understood seen right just by virtue of that intention that is the dynamic that we would exist in right so if you cannot be the understander and the understood at least choose to understand because if we all choose to understand the result of that is that we are all understood if you cannot be the seer and the seen if you have to choose one choose to be the seer if we all have that intention collectively the result will be that we are all seen that would be our collective experience and there is something that lauren hill said it was back then when she was young she doesn't speak much anymore i wonder why because we need her we need her okay we need her to say something it's it's very quiet in these streets <laughs> okay but there's there's this uh, she was addressing the youth i don't know if it was uh it wasn't an, an award ceremony i think she was invited at some school to speak and she was having a i guess we can call it a, a, like a philosophical talk right and she was speaking about how she was fairly young she was fairly young she was speaking about how her life became so much better when she prioritized understanding over being understood you know she was always the person like oh nobody understands me nobody understands me and one day she just changed her perspective and said you know what instead of crying about how un- misunderstood i am 
instead of crying about how misunderstood I am, pardon me, she chose to prioritize understanding. And I think that's such a beautiful perspective to have. It's such a wonderful perspective to have. And when you observe, I think it's the introverts would side with me on this one, okay? When you observe society, you see that at the core of each and every human interaction is the desire to be heard, is the desire to be seen. That's why you'll see people speaking over each other. Whenever I just observe people having conversations, I don't see people actively listening to one another. I don't see this 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 dynamic of sharing knowledge and receiving knowledge and listening and speaking and engage i don't see this beautiful dynamic that i envision in my head when i think about a conversation or i think about a human interaction i see two people trying to dominate each other right either by raising your voice over another so that you can be the one speaking and you can be the one that is heard or attacking someone with knowledge because you want to prove that you are well you you are well versed in this topic right when you are engaging everybody is just trying to show everybody how much they know if we're talking about plants i will be the loudest one in the room not because i genuinely want people to gain knowledge about plants but because i want to prove that i have this knowledge right and i just think about how understood and seen and how just better our society would be if we were to just all prioritize understanding others prioritize seeing others prioritize listening right when you are and this is this is not me telling you how to have conversations with people we we obviously i mean if you listen to this podcast you do enjoy a certain depth of conversation that's the reason why you are here so i guess i can say this but i think the root of every conversation should be to learn right outside of entertainment outside of just having fun and engaging with people especially when meeting new people right the root of or the foundation of every conversation should be to learn when you are engaging with someone whether you're having a religious conversation whether you're having a conversation about politics whether you're having a conversation about our economy whatever it is that you're talking about your intention should be how much can i learn from this person and how much can i learn about this person how much can i learn from this person meaning what is it that they are sharing with me that i can apply in my own life and about them meaning what is it that this person is telling me that can help me understand them better even if you will never see the person again and that's the thing about human beings and proximity we trivialize our and take for granted our interaction with strangers because it's like oh i'm never going to see this person anyway so why should i waste my time on them right can you see how do you see how it is so easy for us to dehumanize one another on in this on, on the smallest scale possible it is so easy for us to dehumanize one another and not necessarily take advantage of one another but be unappreciative of one another right so think about the next time you have a conversation with someone 
don't think about how you can show them how much you know don't think about how you can dominate the conversation because you want to be so deeply heard maybe you don't get attention at home maybe ang us i don't know what happens there's this <laughs> you know this this is prevalent in in school you know there's th- there's that loud kid in school who was just always just doing the most and maybe maybe that was that child's genuine expression but all the teachers were like do you not get enough attention at home and i was like why would you say that but looking back i'm like you were not getting enough attention at home that's the reason you feel the need to dominate each and every space you occupy you might have a big personality yes i'm i'm not against that but why do you feel the need to dominate each and every conversation you engage in why do you feel the need to dominate each and every environment you are in that communicates a desire to be heard a desire to be seen and that communicates the absence of that not the absence of that need that 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 shows us how much you long for that and how void of that you are you know so what i'm essentially saying is learn as much as you can about people allow other people don't allow yourself to see people remove the ego and this is not even speaking about humility cuz i i don't think i'm the most i'm not arrogant but i'm also not the most humble i i just don't get the concept of humility i i get it in terms of humbling yourself before god but just humility in general i really don't get it um but i think human beings are so interesting and we've got so much to offer one another and to honor that to honor each and every person's story to honor each and every person's experience the little the least we can do is to listen and learn and not try to enforce our knowledge on that person and enforce our experience and enforce our perspective show up as the one that seeks to understand show up as the one that seeks to see and in that process of understanding and in that process of seeing you will realize that in that very moment you are also seen and you are also understood if we were to all have that mentality at least in the way that we engage with one another that is literally the first step at collectively not even overcoming shame or eradicating shame or completely conquering shame but that would be the first effort the first collective effort of at least loosening the shackles that shame or the hold that shame has over us once again as a collective i want to read something that i wrote in my show notes It says overcoming shame is part of our human experience. Like tiredness, we experience it over and over again. We never wish to not be tired. We wish only to have sufficient rest. In this way, we deeply understand the recurring purpose of shame in our lives, 
thus wishing only to have the awareness and consciousness to conquer it. Think about all the times that you've been tired. Did you get on your knees and beg God to deliver you from the shackles of tiredness? Have you prayed and asked God to never allow you to experience tiredness ever again? No, I don't think so. Because you understand the cycle of tiredness and rest. You understand the correlation between tiredness and rest. You understand that if you haven't slept for 23 hours, it's not the end of the world. All you need to do is sleep. Okay, and if you sleep and you wake up and you are still tired, it simply means that you have not had sufficient rest. And so you need more sleep. You need more rest. And I'm not talking about a soul tiredness. I'm talking about tiredness from labor right you did a physically exhausting exercise and now your body is tired and you need rest and you need to rest your body and most of the times rest your mind as well and you wake up rejuvenated refreshed and ready to go so we understand that cycle of tiredness and this is the manner in which we ought to understand shame as well when i say conquer shame i'm not saying deal with shame in such a way that we never ever ever experience it again deal with uh, i'm saying engage with shame such it does not consume you because our responses to productive right our responses to shame are not reactions they are responses right we respond positively to shame We, uh, we respond to shame with understanding we respond to shame with our awareness we respond to shame with our consciousness we don't get defensive and offended in this moment shame is attacking me through this person right and instead of fighting the messenger of 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 shame instead of fighting this this person that shame has manifested itself through instead of fighting this person that has become a vessel of shame you choose to respond with understanding what i mean when i say that uh, shame is not to be completely conquered and eradicated and done away with right shame is to be responded to in a way that ensures that whenever we encounter it it does not defeat us we are not utterly cast down it does not consume our souls it does not define us it does not become even a small part of our identities and once again this is a collective effort right we are others you are others and others are you that means that if you defeat shame others have defeated shame if others defeat shame you have defeated shame right so yeah this was a beautiful beautiful conversation if you have reached the end of this episode i really really appreciate you taking your time to engage with me about shame i beyond even relating i hope that this really helps you as much as it is has helped me it's been about two days it this has really changed my perspective um hopefully enough for me to practice this i feel that i already do practice it but i could definitely practice it with more people you know so yeah i really hope that this changes the way in which you engage with shame it changes the way you think about shame and it makes you want to be the kind of person that encounters people with the intention of understanding them and seeing them 
even if you feel see unseen in the moment even if you feel under misunderstood in the moment i hope you prioritize being the seer and the understander and that if you do nothing else in this world that will have been your contribution towards a collective healthy communist society until next time i hope you have yourself a lovely day a lovely week